you guys waited a year. Finals last year was a devastating loss. You came back. You had the best record in the league. What does it mean to you to get back to the finals and get another shot at Miami? You know, it's it's unbelievable to, to, to regain that focus after uh, exactly that devastating loss that we had last year. But we're back here, and we're excited about it, and uh, we got four more to win. We'll do it this time. How crucial is that those four days that you're going to have off? Now the rest. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. Uh, for myself, for Manu, and also old guys need it. And obviously, if somebody is a little binged up, we'll get him right and get him ready to go. Congratulations. See you in the final. Thank you, sir. All right, back to you. Spurs now. We are talking about the Spurs now. Oh my god, I am so pumped for this segment. More pumped than I am for this season, though. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna say, like we were excited about be, to be like sad. Like, right had this now. been like two weeks ago, I would have been super excited. Yeah. But then yeah. Dejounte and yeah. Let's start Derek off with you, Jose. Monty. Why is it that you decided to tear Dejounte's ACL? I loved him too hard. You're like a girl holding, little girl holding a puppy. Did you like Did space like jam him? Like turned into this weird alien space jelly and like went up his butt. Before we get into the Spurs talk too hard, I want to get this Vegas prediction out of the way because I want you guys to hear it before it's we like go into it. We don't have another thirty-four like, rockets. Is this pre? Is this this is post Dejounte? You are so close. No fucking way. Thirty-five and a half. No fucking way. Uh, projected finish. 10th in the West. That was a 13% joke. 13% chance to make playoffs. That was a joke. From who? Uh, this is Vegas odds. So oh. I, I, I don't know where you're getting your numbers, but as ESPN of... ESPN as of October 16th. All right, well, my bookie as of uh, yesterday had them at 44.5. This is just what I'm reporting off of ESPN's website. Lincoln, probably not the description because I'll forget to put it in. <laughs> but look it up. They just re- they released it on the 16th. I will say that's uh, par for the course because I think that people are really out on the Spurs this season. I think that uh, just in general, there's uh, people are saying like, you know, we don't have Manu, we don't have Parker. And granted, these guys have been like pivotal roles for a long time in the Spurs, but they were not like like make it or break it for us in a lot of games. Like the offense really revolved around Kawhi and then uh, LaMarcus in the, in the season. And so – I think unjustifiably that people are really out in the Spurs, and I think they're misunder that they're underestimating the Spurs. Before we get into this, can just one of y'all just give a recap for the listeners of everything that's happened to the Spurs? Oh God! Recently. Can we just that we don't have to to mention it over and over again? Some guy faked an injury and got himself traded to Toronto. Okay. No, uh, no, no. and his uncle came in and said uh, that guy is, is a bad guy, and we're the good guys. The yeah. future of the Spurs towards ACL. Yeah. Yes. Um, and and the, the future future of the ACL towards meniscus. Yes. The future future of the ACL. Of the, <laughs> yes. The Bionic <laughs> ACL. Super ACL. <laughs> the future future of the Spurs. I'm sorry. The draft pick is also dealing with injuries? Yeah, he's hurt too. Well, that, um, that, that's we what I'm talking about with Lonnie Walker. Future ACL. Okay. Um, I, I'm sorry. I, yeah. 
I was so white, who is also no, injured. that that was Achilles. We uh, traded a uh, no heel. It was a heel. It was a heel injury. Yeah, plantar fasciitis. Yes, which is a bone in your heel. Fasciitis. We traded uh, like a fascist, we traded the guy with the uncle for uh, Demar Derozan. Uh, also, possibly the one of the most loyal people to the Spurs. Yeah, Danny I, Green. I I want to throw that out there. People are talking about the Kawhi trade. The Kawhi trade, like it's it's the Kawhi and Danny Green trade, and. There, so there was a video that was going around last night on, uh, I think Bleacher Report actually. Fuck those guys. Um, <laughs> it, it was it was talking. So it was a video where like it highlights. Uh, so it's like any time that like Kawhi got the ball, like the crowd in Toronto is just going off crazy, yelling. Thank you. Um, and it's like Kawhi is dribbling it up the court, ah, just super loud noises, and then like he passes it off to Danny, Danny Green, silent. Like the entire crowd goes silent. Passes it back to, to Kawhi. Ah, like it's, it's going crazy and like so it it's just it's so crazy showing like how how much like the fans are actually like super into Kawhi, but like they don't even realize what they got with danny green from the flip <sighs> side of that though san antonio really only cares about DeRozan and not nearly enough about yaka i have well, most of san antonio i i, I love yaka most of san antonio i'm talking about the general san antonio what you're gonna hear at a crowd at, at a home <laughs> crowd DeRozan gets the ball <sighs> Pertle gets the ball. When did uh, who, who? When did we who? get that guy? Pluddle? Pluddle? He was stash for us. He's yes. from Europe? Yeah. Talking about um, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Pertle. <laughs> so even even more than him, the you know what I really care about? <laughs> Next year's first round draft pick. Like that. that Zion Williamson. <laughs> he falls to like 21. He's, I mean, yeah. <laughs> if he fell to somewhere in the 20s, that'd be fantastic. No, we sneak into the lottery and get like the 1.2% chance of getting the first pick, and then we fucking get it. We, we <laughs> trade away our pick and uh, Toronto's pick for next season. Both first round picks to move up in the draft. That would probably get us to like the top 10, 10? range. Top 10? Yeah, maybe a little bit lower than 10. I mean, I would take it. Uh, yeah. A top 10 versus mm-hmm. two top 20s? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's a big difference in the draft. It's also the Spurs, though, and the Spurs take I was gonna a lot say, of, They have their certain guys that they want. We yeah, had, except except when they trade up. If they trade up, then you know that you should be excited about that guy. Like When was the last time the Spurs Kawhi traded up, though? Yeah, Kawhi. No, 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 no. no. That was after the, he got drafted already. Oh, okay. No, but... Grant, no, because... Not he was dra- dra- not no, drafted by the Spurs, though. Drafted by I know, the yeah, I know. They're, they're drafted right, by right. Indiana, it was, but, it, but it, it was on draft night. It was yeah, understood we wanted him, that yeah. they were drafting for us. Yeah. At the moment. So y'all right, y'all right. Uh, should we try to aim this a little bit? Because yeah. this could just become <laughs> into just like an hour long rant, which is yeah. what I kind of wanted to do about the Spurs. Uh, so why don't we? Why don't, yeah, for real. Why don't we start trying to move up from the youngins, right? Why yeah. don't we start with guys like Lonnie Walker, DeJounte, Derek White, okay. Yaka Pertle, and try to work our way up to the Bryn stars? Forbes? Sure, Brent sure. Forbes. I'm not huge on Brent Forbes, and obviously the Spurs aren't either if they, they only gave him a one year deal. Yet he's their starting point guard now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> right. All right. Right. Starting point guard after your starting point guard point guard got hurt, but yeah, you're your starting point starting guard. point guard got hurt after that. So your starting point guard got, got hurt. Your backup point guard got hurt. Yeah. Starting with Derek White, who was yeah. the starter going into the season. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, like he's still starting over Patty. I feel like which they, they, they gave a lot they, of money to. They love Patty, but Patty was never meant to be a starter. They want him off the bench. You disagree? No, I agree. What? I mean, how many opportunities You're, did Manu have? It. Danny Green got injured a couple so. times there during his run, and they could have brought Manu into the starting lineup, and they didn't do it. 
All right, let's let's just talk. We'll keep talking about the young guys. Uh, so obviously, Dejounte was the big loss of the season, uh, especially watching that first game last the night. Baby goat. Uh, you really felt his loss because there were a lot of times when they were pushing it up the floor, and I wanted us to keep running, like, and just keep pushing it. And it's like, yeah, but we don't have a player out there who's like really like athletic enough or uh, talented enough, talented and athletic enough to really like push the ball up the court, which we had in Dejounte. Uh, unfortunately, we do not have for the rest of the season, which is just so sad because this was his season. This was the year he was going to break out. He was so ready. He's so hopeful. And it just to take it away from him in a fucking preseason game sucks. No, uh, being the Spurs fan in Rockets land, I've been uh, telling DeJounte Murray for eh, since he got drafted. And everyone's like, what the hell are you talking about? No, this this kid's going to be great. It broke my heart to tell all those Rockets fans, yeah, he's he's injured. He's going to be out for the season. And it's just like, God damn it. He was supposed to be the one spark special this season. On top of getting DeRozan, just DeJounte Murray is supposed to have a breakout year. And it just sucks that he's now out. I mean, it wasn't unreasonable to expect DeJounte Murray to put up 13 points a game, make another all-defensive team. And Snag like eight rebounds a game. Eight, yeah, like high, much higher rebounds than a normal point guard would, yeah. would end up his assist numbers as well. Super athletic, I think that's great where, length. I think that's where the real hurt is going to happen with the Spurs is that his defensive presence is really going to be missed, especially guarding some of the elite guards in the NBA. That's going to be tough. Because scoring, we're going to be fine. It was just going to be a plus. Yeah, because I mean, he had the ability to slash. DeJounte was not going to be like a main option or one of the focal points of the offense, like scoring wise. It's always going to be DeRozan and Aldridge. But. His defensive presence is where we really needed him. But also transition offense as well. Exactly, yeah. Because transition. ISO ball is so much relied on when it comes to guys with like Aldridge and DeRozan. DeJounte was supposed to be that guy that grabs the rebound at 6'5", pulls it down, sprints down the court, goes. beats the entire defense, and it puts a different spin on our offense. If you run ISO ball every single time, you're not going to fucking exactly. – you're not going to win a championship. You're going to be the Houston Rockets. Yeah. Tim Duncan was an ISO guy, but guess what? He was awesome in transition for a guy that was 6'11". You have to have some kind of balance. Even even more than that, than the guy that's actually making the run up the court, his outlet passing was fantastic. Absolutely, and very and true. it's one of those things that will be down, like in the books, it'll be very overlooked. But Tim Duncan's outlet passing is is the best I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I mean, back to this year's team, uh, I I agree. So like Dejounte's loss on defense is going to be big. Um, I, I think we're also going to feel it on the offensive end though. Uh, he he had that creativity, that spark plug. Um, He's not he's not a super true point guard like like a Chris Paul kind of kind of guy where like great ball handles uh, the the pass vision, but his athleticism gave him gave him a big a ed, uh, big edge there, and he was really starting to to learn how to play the pick and roll with Lamarcus. Uh, they they were really making it work last season. Uh, you have Rudy Gay, who's obviously yeah uh, he was once a very athletic player. Uh, I'm I'm not sure if it's necessarily still there. Um, and aside from that, really, the, the guy that you know the Spurs would really benefit from to have a breakout year would be Davis Bertans. Uh, his his size, length, uh, ability, athleticism very very overlooked athleticism, and and his ability to to spread the floor on offense is huge. I, th- I think it makes makes a really big difference for the Spurs. Uh, given yeah, we're we're one game in, but it, it looked it looked huge last night. You mentioned Gay. What are the expectations for him this season? Do you think? 
I think he's the probably the serviceable thir- uh, third option in the offense. I think that obviously it's going to be run through Aldridge and DeRozan, uh, but I think Rudy's the kind of guy who's going to have breakout nights uh, here and there. Um, I think he's a, he's a very serviceable wing right now. Obviously, you know, if Rudy Gay's your third best player, you're not really going to be like have championship aspirations that season. Um, but I think he's serviceable enough for us to make the playoffs. I think that's what I'll say. So based on everything that you just said, like everything that you're saying in my mind, like if you replaced Rudy Gay and Marco Bellinelli there, like it would have been the same. Like you're, you're saying he's a, he's a good wing player that he's going to have a few breakout games. Like that's what I expect out of Bellinelli. Like he's going to have a few games where he just, he's super hot and he hits every shot and comes in clutch for us. But I, I think down down the stretch of the game, uh, Rudy Gay is actually going to be more important to us than that. I think Rudy Gay has a, has a few games uh, where you know in the fourth, especially you know we know it's a long season. Uh, the Spurs have never been shy about resting players. DeRozan and Aldridge are both not that young. I'm, I'm not saying Gay is either, but they're going to be rotating them. They're, they're all going to have nights off every once in a while um, on a night where uh, you know maybe they're coming off of a. I, I think they, they officially got rid of back-to-backs now, but you know they're they're coming off of two big games or something, and uh, let's say like Aldridge sits out. I, I think Gay could really be important for the Spurs, especially offensively. I think most of the time Gay's going to be kind of quiet. Mm-hmm. Like I think he's going to be hovering around ten to twelve points a game, but I think every now and then he's going to come off the bench or or start. You know, depending on what they're going with the lineups, depending on what happens when Derek White comes back, how much they like Pirtle. Um I think he could have those nights where he goes for 25 yeah. uh, easily. Gay, like you mentioned, he is cemented in that number three scoring role. I don't think anybody is going to supplant that. They're going to expect a lot out of Rudy Gay this season, especially because of the scoring punch that's been gone with DeJounte Murray and then Derek White. Speaking of White, I feel like everybody's <laughs> been talking about him like he's gone. Sean, what do you have to say? I mean, he what? He's only gone for eight weeks, right? I think it's six to eight weeks, yeah. Okay, so, so he's he's going to be back. We shouldn't be training this like how we're training to Jonte Murray. That's a huge loss. But Derek White's going to be coming back, and I think that'll be a big relief, especially with Patty. I hope he stays on the bench during this stretch, but at least putting him back on that, that's the only bright side I really see of Jonte Murray being injured is that there'll be more minutes for Derek White, Burn Forbes. That That's the only bright side thing I really see coming from this um in terms of Derek White I think obviously he was poised for kind of a breakout year to really see what he could do like in the regular season uh just based off what he did in the in the uh in the summer league um it's I know it's 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 a loss for the Spurs in terms of like obviously we don't have our uh a good decent backup guard that we thought we would have for a while, but I mean, it's not like uh, I'm not like really crying about losing Derek White for six to eight weeks. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do when he gets back, but until like I really see him like do it in the regular season, like in the NBA, like I'm 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 not really n- sure what I'm missing yet. Um, what I really well, speaking of what we're missing, um, I think Spurs are really going to miss Kyle Anderson this year. Uh, I think. Kyle Anderson was really adding that uh, wing, depth off the wing that we really, really need right now. Because, um, granted, Marco Bellinelli is great. I don't think he's going to be the defensive presence or the, the underrated defensive presence that was Kyle Anderson, uh, which we 
desperately need. I think our defense is going to be a, a huge issue this season uh, that I'm really concerned about. Well, that's the thing about Marco Bellinelli is that he is awesome when he is surrounded by elite defenders to hide how bad he is yeah, on that end of exactly. the floor. Uh, so I, I think the Bellinelli signing looks much worse based on the injury to Murray, just losing another top-flight defender like that. I know White's good at defense. We're going to need him back. Uh, Bellinelli's going to have a lot expected out of him in that second unit, but he's going to be a liability on the floor, I think, for a lot of it. I think the Spurs were expecting to be much better defensively this year than they're going to get. Uh, and that's going to be a problem with Bellinelli. I think he's going to lose minutes gradually throughout their season. They're going to realize that he is not going to be useful anymore. He's going to be a liability on the court. What Merriman, what do you think about what we were talking about? Okay, but when it comes to like the is defensive deficiencies of the Spurs, losing Kawhi Leonard, losing Danny Green, DeJounte Murray is out for the season pretty much, assumptively. Shit, I didn't even think about that, man. We lost Kawhi, Danny. And uh, Kyle Anderson. DeJounte, Kyle. Fuck. Those we've are lost, all of our best defenders. We've lost our defensive cornerstones, and that's going to be one of the things that really hurts. That's one of the reasons why I really hope DeMar DeRozan really comes in. Marcus Aldridge has another career year. Rudy Gay is a strong third option because we don't have the dis- – we don't have the defensive power that we used to have. Kawhi's gone. Danny Green's gone. Kyle Anderson. DeJounte Murray. This is going to be a rough season if the Spurs cannot lean on the defensive power that we used to have. Can I ask you a real question real quick? Just because I got into some of like a real discussion with my coworker today. Uh, do we expect DeRozan to stick around after the contract's over? I do. Do you think he's going to commit? If he has success with the Spurs, I think he will. Like Lamarcus Aldridge is warm, Lamarcus Aldridge is warmed up to the Spurs enough that I think Whoa. if he has, I, I don't know if he warmed up to the Spurs or to the what was it, one hundred and fifty-three million dollars. <laughs> True, but I think the Spurs depends on what they try to offer Murray in the future, as well as if they try to go or have any cap space for a legit free agent. I think they could try to land LaMarcus and DeRozan for the long term. That's also my completely amateur take on this whole thing. So they they basically already have LaMarcus mm-hmm. for the long term. Like when LaMarcus's contract is up, another long-term contract for him is uh, that that's that's going to be the last one he gets and yeah, even I, then I it's going to be kind of a rough ask. I think we signed him to a great contract, though. Oh, the three-year extension and not the four-year, I think, was big for us. But continue. No, that I'm just saying that, it, like, there's I don't know that necessarily that there's a long term with Lamarcus after this contract is done. As far as DeRozan goes, yeah, how you feel about whether or not he commits to the Spurs, he sticks around, he signs a new contract, is entirely dependent on how you feel about the Spurs' chances of performing going forward. So. I think that this year with DeRozan, I mean, it could be really make or break for him. He could make his decision right here, right now, and this is the worst outlook for him to be making his decision with us, and we're going to be left without an established superstar. You've got a fading LaMarcus Aldridge as your established superstar that's left on the roster. And the two people that I wanted to talk about – it is two people that haven't been mentioned, and it is um, Mark, not Marcus. Oh, God damn it, 
Paul Gasol. You've been saying that for years. I know. I always thought it was Paul Gasol. Pablo? Pablo Gasol. Pablo Gasol. Pablo Gasol. Pablo Gasol. Pablo Pablo Gasol and Jacob Turtle. Who are going to be big. They're going to be big difference makers on this team. And whether we have any type of success or not. Gasol is twilight years at this point you're you're hoping to grab something out of him and Pirtle while I've seen great things out of him elsewhere I feel like he's being asked to do a lot in this system or he will be asked to do a lot in this system which I'm really excited about well you could be excited about I'm more nervous about I it might be there we have nothing to lose well yes we have nothing to lose except I I don't know I, I don't necessarily think that we have nothing to lose think that your commitment to this team is what you have to lose. Your culture is somewhat on the line right here, right now. I think the culture's already been chipped away at it. Like, it definitely has been chipped away at it. But I'm saying this season could be the turning point where it's like that Spurs culture is dead now. I that think it dies with Popovich. season run of, of playoff appearances, that uh, Greg Popovich era is dead because he also might be out after this season. So uh, going back to the DeRozan contract, he has two years guaranteed left mm-hmm. this this season, next season, and then after that, for what would be his third season with the Spurs, he has a player option. Uh, I I do think that he takes that player option because right now he's 29. At that point, he'll be 32, uh, and 32 years old with a player option for 27.7 million dollars. I absolutely think he takes that. Uh, you never know. There could be a, key, a team like the Kings or the Grizzlies right. that just throw uh, a ton of money at it. There, there, there could be, and but so a big part of that is I, I do think that the Spurs, prior to the to this Dejounte injury, I really had decent hopes for them this season. Obviously, not contenders, but I, I think that they had a, a real uh, chance to have have a legitimate team make something fun happen. Uh, right now, uh, it, it's just it's so hard to to predict considering that it's it's a second year point guard that you know we, we don't really know exactly what to expect um i'm also not a huge fan of the uh last minute offseason acquisitions that we brought in quincy pondex or uh, dante cunningham just kind of throwing money at guys just for the hell of it um that that kind of makes me a little bit nervous however going back to what you were saying about or yeah i think it was Merriman that was saying that about gasol um so this is the last year that we're paying Timmy still. Uh, I, I think I think after this season we wave and stretch uh, Pau Gasol. Uh, at that point it'll be sixty million dollars. Wave and stretch him over three or four years. Not a huge hit. We mentioned culture being chipped away, right? Think about the way that you're talking about these new free agent signings that we have, like Quincy Pondexter. A couple years ago, you would have had the faith in the Spurs to look up the highlights for those guys, look up the stats, and be like, this guy's awesome, this guy's an amazing fit. Do we really believe in the Spurs front office that much? I I do, I do. Like, not just the the franchise, but us as fans. No, I I, I believe in the front office. I just think that they were left with very poor choices available. Like There just wasn't that much left. When it comes to the Spurs culture, it's... It's going to be a long day before that comes back. I mean, we don't have Tim anymore. Uh, Tony went up to Charlotte. 
Shinobi Which is fucking retired. weird, by the way. He looks fucking weird in that uniform. It, yeah, no, it's a really weird visual to see him there. No, but the culture as far as the Spurs goes, that's... Kawhi kind of destroyed that. I was going to say, it really got destroyed with Kawhi. Because no, he quick, it, it's no, still there. I, I got mm. to disagree. I think that was the first time the, they really called into question the Spurs culture. You know who culture. really destroyed the Spurs culture? His name is Father Fucking Time. Well, that yes. Destroyed uh, the Spurs culture. No, but... but uh, Richard Jefferson. Fuck Richard Jefferson. <laughs> yes. Fuck Richard Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so the question I had asked when you left was uh, with DeRozan. Um, uh, do you see DeRozan committing uh, after his two years to the Spurs, or do you see him leaving a free agency? It's tough to tell because he got burned by a free agency so much that first time because he immediately committed to the Raptors, even though every indication was that he was going to give the Lakers a real shot there. That's true. And then he signs with the Raptors purely based off of loyalty, uh, and then they just trade him away after that. So I don't know what DeRozan thinks about free agency. It's going to be kind of difficult to see where his head's at. Um but y'all, y'all are right. We all are saying it. It's going to have a lot to do with this season. Uh, I think that's going to leave a taste in his mouth that's going to be around for a long time. Oh, this is definitely a huge pivotal season for the Spurs. Again, because the culture has been chipped away. No Duncan, no Parker, no Ginobili. Yes, I'm going back to those three. And then Kawhi. Kawhi kind of broke it. But now this is something new. This is something that Pop has not really experienced. And he's already kind of voiced his opinions. Or there's markers out there that he... Is only the last couple of years for the Spurs, which is a terrible thing to think about. But well, now I've just been <laughs> throwing off my whole fucking groove. But I okay. So we were debating about like the culture being chipped away with Kawhi. Uh, I really do think it was a significant impact on the culture because I here's what I think. I think. Merriman, you're right in the fact that Father Time was really like the ultimate enemy of the Spurs culture. Uh, but I think the real test of that was the post-Duncan era with Kawhi. I think Kawhi was supposed to carry on the uh, Spurs culture, and then it was really getting like rooted in with DeJounte Murray and everybody, and they were supposed to be like a nice foundation there. And then Kawhi just tore all that shit up, and there's not, there's like no future... like. There's no real superstar because Kawhi was supposed to be the like pivotal spur. Like he was the ultimate spur in terms of like he looks like he was built at a lab for Popovich, uh, and it's just he's like a robot. yeah, like he's obviously an android. Uh, and so to have that guy reject the culture that the Spurs have built is just a huge, huge blow to it. And I think that you can really see the remnants after this season. Uh, he was term- hanging out with IBM's Watson too much. Exactly. Uh, Real quick with DeRozan, just because I feel like uh, I haven't said anything on DeRozan yet. Uh, I I think that if he doesn't, I think the season's going to be him getting buckets. I think it's going to be kind of like a Westbrook season for DeRozan. Uh, him trying to get his numbers, and then I could totally see him leaving in free agency. Just because I think that the start to the relationship with the Spurs was really bad, with the obviously like him being upset with the Raptors. Uh, and I could totally see him just like trying to find a decent team or a new start and uh and free agency uh anus tart if you're an arrested development fan i love it <laughs> I, I fucking love it uh, let's try to pivot back to the the team that's going on right now too we, we haven't heard him talk about and as really like true spurs fans i'm really excited about chemezi metu i oh. want to talk about him a little bit um old chemezi the guy looked really good in summer league and preseason i think that 
with Pau Gasol entering the twilight of his career, he's going to see some real minutes. There's a reason why he was on the opening day roster and he wasn't down in the G League with the Austin Spurs. I think he's going to see some real minutes later on in the season. I just want more athletic bigs from the Spurs. That's all I want us to keep drafting. I'm tired of Pau Gasol. I am tired of, like, LaMarcus is great, but he's not, like, as super athletic as, like, where I think the NBA is trending. I really just want those trees. I want Mo Bambas on the Spurs. That's all I want. So I, I have two things on that. One, I, I really want us to give some respect to Pau Gasol. Like, uh, I, he's, he's, he's been getting so player. much shit from, from Spurs fans, and you said it there yourself. Like, I'm the contract's so awful. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's the contract that sucks because of the, because of the age, but, like, He's still an efficient player. Like it, it's not a guy that I'd be like, what is he still doing in the NBA? Like he's still a good player. It's just he's getting paid way too much. I get it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he was shooting like fifty percent from three like four months into the season. Yeah, and year. like like he looked great last night. Like back to it. Though. So like uh Metu, yes, I definitely agree. I I think uh just like last or I'm pretty sure it was on, on Saturday night whenever we were out at Slackers. Uh, you and I were talking about how, uh, like, Metsu could essentially, like, I, I, I really think that he could, like, somehow be, like, a poor man's, uh, like, essentially, like a Capella. Like, um, extremely athletic. He does have good footwork. Uh, kind of came out of nowhere in, uh, as far as the draft goes. Um, I, I, I'm very excited about him. Side tangent on Biggs. When is Aaron Baines' contract up so he can come back to the Spurs? <laughs> he just signed a new contract with the Celtics, didn't he? Did he really? Yeah. Like this offseason. Yeah. Fuck. That's ballsy by the Celtics. Well, they love him today. in Boston. They love no, him. They, they should. They loved him here, and I, he wasn't even playing that much. I'm pretty sure they're paying him, like, shit. Like, let me see. I don't know. Damn. But, um, I mean, obviously, as a Spurs fan, it's been a, a rough go at things because because I was so we were we had to jump on the Dejounte Murray train, right? That was our only option. And then after that, we started jumping on the Derek White train. We looked back at his past two summer leagues, his preseason, how good he's looked, how he just dominated that summer league. It was unbelievable. Just wait for Lonnie. And then, I was and so ready left. for Lonnie. But but let me ask you this: three years down the line, right before DeRozan's contract expires, do you see a team of aged Lamarcus? DeRozan probably still playing about the same level that he's at right now. DeJounte Murray, Derek White and company, is that a championship roster? Do you think that has the potential to be one? Because Spurs are all about their championships and the championship culture. If you don't win a championship, usually it does not matter what you did during the season, as long as you're competitive. I don't think we're expecting to be super competitive this season. I, I think it's just really tough. I, I think this is part by far the most interesting aspect of the Spurs is like the – conflict i guess if there is one between uh marcus and derozan who are like seasoned veterans like stars and then the young guys that are coming up that are like really promising on the spurs and just like the idea of like where do you go from there because like you're about to have to pick between derozan and aldridge and the young guys and like which direction you go uh and i think that has a lot to do with popovich I think that has a lot to do with whether or not he sticks around like between this season or next season. Uh, they, they have contingencies ready. You know they're constantly thinking about when Popovich is going to leave, who is going to. Does Becky uh, Hammond replace him? No. No. No? Goku. No? Really? No, 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 no. Messina. 
Messina could. I think Messina is going to get a job elsewhere. He's he's been up yeah. for jobs like no, the because, last three yeah. years. He, he's he's turned them down. Like we saw, Borrego jumped at the first chance that he got. Uh, I I really think that Messina. That's a good point. I think Messina. That is a really good point way. that Borrego left because like, he probably wasn't promised the game. right. Be- because and, and it's the whole reason that that Messina hasn't left. Like it's it's kind of been like well known for a while. And like every time that Pop has had to sit out because he yells at a ref or gets whatever like. Uh, like Messina is the guy to take over. Um, I I would like to see Becky take a take a bigger role. Um, I, I I really I, I I like what the Spurs have done with her. Um, or she's done with the Spurs. Um, it's just such a recent acquisition getting Hammond though. And granted, she's right, made yeah. she's right like, and, and she stormed through that second uh, bench for the assistant coaches and made her way to the front line there. Right, she's out there. But Messina, she's out there last Messina night. has been there and he's he's earned his stripes. He's been there he's, for two years. He hasn't been there very long. Remember, he was the most decorated coach in Europe and in Russia for a long time. He's been a recent acquisition as well. I think that Ime Odoka is going to be the next coach of the Spurs. Which is so weird because he's a fucking ex-player. That's that's fine, though. That's great. Greg Popovich played in fucking college, right? All right, coaching aside, we need to focus on this season. So let's go to win totals for the year. Boo. Sorry. So I've already talked about how Vegas has us ridiculously low. I think uh, I, I've I've closed it now, but it, what was it? 30 35? 35, yeah. Something absurd like that. So obviously I'm going over that. I think that's an absurdly low estimate, despite all of the bad things that have happened to the Spurs. I mean, I'm not going to go away from the culture that hard. Now, the thing I want to focus on here is where they have us placed in – uh, that playoff race, which is 10th. Now, that, to me, is possibly a lot more feasible. Now, you, you've already lost DeJounte, and you've lost... Uh, and then there's all the other pieces that you've lost from trades and acquisitions and stuff like that this season. If DeRozan goes down, knock on some goddamn wood here, that 10th spot might that that sounds like that would be a miracle be right there yeah i about to say that might be generous if DeRozan goes down i'm saying that the spurs sneak into the playoffs again keep that streak alive seven or eight is really the best i can give them at this point and that is uh, and that's even me being generous on a couple of different uh, fronts there as far as where how players end up this season and uh, I don't want it to be that bad, but that's that's how I see it. So my Orlando of the week is ESPN's odds, specifically with the Rockets, and then now the Spurs just seems like they're way off base. It doesn't really make much sense at all. The Spurs are not going to be good this year. Don't call me a homer. I still think they make the playoffs. Homer. You can call me a homer, fine. Uh, but th- with the Rockets at 51, that was a ridiculous total. All of us went over for a reason. The Spurs at, what, 35? Come on. you got to give them a little bit more credit than that. They still have two all-NBA people on their team, and I know that's like the argument that the Spurs fans have been using. We have those two NBA guys. It's the same thing about a Yankees fan. No matter how bad they suck or how bad they perform, well, we have 27 World Series. The calculator always goes to 27. Spurs fans always expect to be good. We might get proven wrong. You don't know baseball, Jose. It makes sense. No, I, I, I know enough about baseball to like understand that conversation, but like, I'm not talking about like like that's like the Celtics saying like hey we still have thirty what is it thirty three or whatever like I can they do hear not have thirty three championships in the background just screaming just like twenty two championships like four times less <laughs> suck my dick 
Not four <sighs> times, like three times less than that. Do we need to do a fact check of how many championships? How are many they championships? Have? Like Who? The Celtics. They've got the 11 with Russell, right? Oh my God. They have the two well, during okay, the well, 80s yeah, and then the one, right? Fine. Uh, Whatever. Lakers. Anyway, anyway I, I see them going significantly over that. Uh, and when I say significantly, I'm not saying that they win 50 wins. I'm seeing them around the 43-44 range. Um, I think if DeJounte Murray comes back late season, that would be a huge That's bump for us. Jesus that is a reach. Christ. I understand that is a reach. I think Derek White is going to give us a big shot in the arm. I still have a lot of faith in him. I, I still believe in the Spurs to make the playoffs. I still see them as a better team than like the Trailblazers are. 17 uh, championships, 21 conference titles, 22 division titles. Fuck the Celtics. Curious. Okay, so as far as like over under, what was it 35? 35. Smooth sailing. No one else gets injured. DeRozan, Aldridge, everyone just stays healthy. Nothing shitty happens. No heart complications. Yeah, over 35. But, <laughs> I mean, that's what happened. Was that a Dwayne Wade show? Or sorry, not Dwayne Wade. Chris uh, Bosh. Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh. No, the Marcus Aldridge is out for uh, oh, that's like right. a he month have for heart complications. Thing. Okay. Yeah. No, exactly. Like if smooth sailing happens, uh, Lonnie Walker comes back, Derek White comes <laughs> back, everyone stays healthy. Yeah, over thirty-five. But man, any more, any more bullshit or in, injury bug comes back to the Spurs then it becomes tanking time. I don't want to see it ever, but I understand the value of just like, well, shit, everything's lost. I don't want to see it, but everything's lost. Just go for the highest draft pick, and that sucks if something happens. One thought on tanking. So let's say the Spurs, uh, they're having a, a mediocre to good season this year. A big injury comes. And they, they got to kind of finish out the year on that medio, mediocre time frame. And then you bring in uh, – Pop leaves, you bring in a new coach, and you start the process over. Pop tanked his first season. Let's just run it the fuck back. Okay, that's a big leap, though. Pop is Pop is the linchpin in everything. He leaves without something intact. Things are going to go really shitty really quick. Well, I think Pop's biggest thing right now is that he's left your coaching staff intact. Uh, I think he's set up a culture where you trust the coaches around you. Whether or not you had the team that could follow him to the very end, uh, maybe not. But he's left the coaching staff for you for you to then turn it around and do it again, restart this culture, and it may have to start with a tank. Very true, and... No, I, I I can see he's definitely put the places in. The places are set that something fruitful can emerge from a worst-case scenario this season. But unfortunately, this is the year that there is a worst-case scenario. This is the one that things really can get dark. And dark for Spurs fans is we miss the playoffs, not last seed. So there's... Dark for a Spurs fan is a first-round sweep by the Memphis Grizzlies. Exactly, and, and this season there's darker than that. Jose, you want to add on to that? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I like so as far as like this tangent, like uh, so I, I have the Spurs at forty three wins. I I do think that they make the playoffs. I do think that uh, even with the health concerns right now, um, I'm really thinking of it as only really being 
DeJounte that's out for the season, everybody else, I, I, I still think comes back. I think Lonnie Walker still comes back. Uh, I actually have him as one of my potential candidates for Rookie of the Year just because I think he's going to be such an important part for the Spurs uh, because of our lack of depth, especially at the 2-3-4 position. Um, I just uh, – yeah, I mean, a, a lot of it is going to be on DeJounte and DeRozan, but it's, it's really a, a matter of take the pressure off, don't, don't worry about being a top seed this season. Like, there are no expectations. Just go out there and ball. Like, that, that, that's it. There, there's nothing else to it at this point. It's just go out there, have fun, play basketball. Um, and if there's a coach that can bring that out of you, it's going to be Greg Popovich. We didn't talk about Lonnie Walker much. It's obviously not the time to go off on that tangent, but I can imagine a really cool small ball unit with Patty Mills, Derek White, Lonnie Walker, uh, and fucking Pau Gasol out on the floor. That DeRozan. would be fucking amazing. Yeah, and, and DeRozan as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, DeRozan, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I said second <laughs> unit. I said second unit. Suck my unit. Justine, <laughs> well done, well done. That then, was well then placed. Bellinelli at that point, then. Sure. Yeah, sure, but, sure. But yes. <laughs> so I imagine again, if Daniel again, was here. I, how I, I have would be. I have seen Antonio at the seven seed, winning forty three games. <sighs> okay, I, I I just feel like we ha- we we'll make the playoffs. I really feel like we we will, just ba- especially after watching last night's game. Uh, because last night felt like a really solid game for them for them because they're still playing the Minnesota Timberwolves who were the eighth seed last season, uh, a team who had higher aspirations than the eighth seed, obviously, um, and a team who still had Jimmy Butler. They weren't the Jimmy Butler-less Minnesota Timberwolves. They still had Jimmy Butler as the focus, um, and they played them really well. Granted, it's one game in an 82-game season. Um, it's just hard because you look at – you see one game, you actually see them play, but then you actually like just look on paper at the roster. You look at what they have, and it's like it's really tough to put, like piece them above teams like the Nuggets, the teams teams like even the Timberwolves, the Lakers, the Trailblazers, like things like that. That's where it's really tough to say like this roster on paper is better than that team. Um, I could absolutely see them missing the playoffs, even without like major injuries. No, yeah, I, th- I think everybody could. It, it's just hope at this point and thinking that they could. I don't think anybody's expecting the Spurs to just be a pushover this season. It's it's just tough because I can see them making the playoffs and I can see them easily not making the playoffs. I can see it easily both ways. Awesome, man. What a what a tough fall. Like Just that sentence that you said earlier about this first game just being like it's only one game. This is the first time in 20 years – that each individual game legitimately matters mm. for the Spurs. This isn't just about coasting through the regular season and making sure you're ready and healthy for the playoffs. Each individual game will matter to see whether or not we get that extra game. Fuck Kawhi. Fair. Yes. Fuck Kawhi. If anything is going to be saved on this for me, fuck Kawhi. Is this, what, what stage of grief is this again? <laughs> we're we're regressing, we're regressing, <laughs> we're bargaining. Like I think my Batman conspiracy theory is bargaining, where it's like it's okay, like he's coming back, like he'll be fine. Yeah, he. This isn't like Batman taking a ten year hiatus because he's looking out for Harvey Dent. This is Batman going to Italy and having lunch with Michael Caine. He's Michael not coming Caine. back. <laughs> Michael Caine. Sorry, that's my impression of Michael Caine. That's a great. <laughs> I think it's a great impression. <laughs> Thank you, Austin. 
Thank Michael Caine. Michael Caine. No, you, you just Merriman, have to say... Why are you such a hater all the time? You just have to say, my cocaine, and just say it with a British accent, and yeah. you sound like you're saying Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Rally cat, man. It's a baseball thing. Turn the head inside out whenever you need a rally. Okay. Do so we have? I, I know nothing about baseball, though. Do we have any? <laughs> I, I know. As he says, holding the David Buster's bet. Um, I'm the one that called it a rally cat before. I miss Tim Duncan. No, no. Uh, fuck Kawhi Leonard. I miss Tim Duncan. I miss Ginobili already. Uh, I, hate I don't Kawhi miss Leonard. Tim too much. Really? Oh. Obviously, I'm kidding. Go Settle fuck down, fuck off, man. Austin. God. No. Cool. Settle down, man. That's a rough one. How dare, how dare you stand where he stood? I stu- I'm still looking forward to another <laughs> video of him kickboxing. Like, Austin, who, who do you miss more at this point? Uh, Tim Duncan or your roommate, Brandon? Tim Duncan. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, but Timmy's got, like, a nice, he's got I, I, like a nice I, I haircut now. I love Brandon, now. but Tim Duncan, come Brandon on. For sure gets it. Timmy's like, living life, though. The bullshit with Kawhi. Like, Over Tim Duncan? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is Brandon gets the feeling. Like, oh, of, oh, of thank you, thank you. Sports over everything. So, once again, final thoughts on the Spurs. Anything else anybody wants to get I think they'll come out frequently throughout the season. So we can just wait for that. Unless Sean has something to say. No, it's just final spot uh, thoughts on the Spurs. Final thoughts on the Spurs are that this is an interesting year, regardless of what happens. This is the Warriors season, unfortunately, or the Rockets, if all goes well for the Rockets. Celtics, baby. Yeah, Celtics. Yeah, or Celtics. Celtics, Celtics or the Sixers. Or the Sixers. Exactly. The Sixers, the Fuck the Raptors. This the is. This the is. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So. If the Mavs, if the Mavs so play a China the, team, then yeah, maybe. So the purely th- Spurs. The purely Spurs vision of this that has no real <laughs> inkling of what's going on outside of Spurs. This is this is a year that we can sacrifice to get shit in order. We would have hoped that DeJounte Murray could have developed in this year, but this is not going to be a year that the Spurs would have really contended. This is the Rockets, Warriors, Sixers, Celtics, Bucks hell. Who knows? This is not the Spurs season with a development that could happen. That will come in the future, but this is this is a development year. Hopefully, we still make the playoffs. Hopefully, we still make a decent win percentage. But join the kingdom. It's not the Spurs year. Okay, so I am so glad. You've already had your final thought on the Spurs. <laughs> just, no. just end it. Shut end it. End it. End Dallas it. Mavericks beat Guangdong Southern Tigers to take home NBA title. Stop. <laughs> end it, otherwise we're all going to turn into Sean. Just stop. We're done. I'm we're so glad. done. It's pulling so up from 40 times. like six different teams to we, we for sure don't have enough time for it. It doesn't matter. We're no, moving no, on anyway. Just give me the microphone. I'll just yell. Point totals for the day. Uh, well, not point totals. Rankings for the day. Sean gets the number one place. Yeah. yeah. For probably being the best guest that we haven't then turned into a full-time host on in history. That's really fucking sad. I typically underwhelm, to be honest. But just the like fact that I... Says. Nah, nah. Fuck what you for that comment. That just came out of left field. <laughs> We're bringing wise it? into this. Okay, let's do that, Merriman. Please, please take that. Please take that audio clip of Sean and tr- like throw it into now. Watch me whip, which 
That watch that watch me. Nay, nay. No, but this this <laughs> Oh But for real though, this has been an honor and that's really unfortunate that none of the other guests I've come on here have lived up to the expectations. Well, we're glad to have you on, Sean. You've done a great job. Uh, second place for tonight, we have uh, Austin. Did a great job as always. Proud of you. You make me feel like a natural woman. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, Fuck you. I have that song. I'm going to have that song stuck <laughs> in my head now. You make me feel. Fuck. Jose, you also did a fantastic job. You're coming in third. Thank you. Uh, generally, I rank myself last, uh, but I'm ranking myself fourth today. Uh, because of Justin's ridiculous comments about Luka Doncic. <laughs> uh, I know that if you're listening to this one, that was actually two episodes ago. But that feels like such it. a long time ago. I know. but it's, We're different people now. It, it's still one recording session, and he still gets penalized for it. I do not forget. <laughs> you're for sure going last. The people are going to forget about Luka Doncic. Um Daniel, go fuck yourself. Uh, Daniel, Brandon, sorry you couldn't be here today. He's going to be a superstar in the China League. Like He's going to be awesome. You can go <laughs> suck a big fat bag of dicks. All right, Sean, you are the first place winner of your inaugural episode, so you get the honor of going first and you're pulling up from 40. Are you ready? Yes, I am. All right. Three, two, one, go. First, thank you to uh, Pulling from 40 for allowing me here. Uh, thank you for Kawhi Leonard for the championship that he helped us out for. Thank you, Bob, for everything. And I'm just going to cut it short there, and I'm going to devote the rest of my rant to Kawhi Leonard. He was supposed to be the next step for the Spurs. After everyone else dropped off, he was supposed to be everything. And then he got a fake injury. He decided to let his uncle... Decided the rest of his career, and everything just fell apart after that. It really sucks. It could have been magical golden years after that, but he decided to, no, I'm injured. I'm going to go maybe to a big market company or team. Fuck him. Time. Fuck Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Oh, I can? Yeah, we're, yeah. We're just gonna, we, we have to stop drinking, and we're, we can interrupt you. Okay, no. But um, Spurs fan in Rockets land. I had to eat my words. I was backing him up, and I've been wanting to talk about this for a while. This is fine on my platform. So I'm going to try to keep this short and concise, but fuck Kawhi Leonard. The entire season, I was like, no, he's going to come back. It's going to be fine. He's going to sign the max contract. Everything is going to be fine for the Spurs for the next umpteenth years. But no. The Spurs gave him control over his injury, what, in August? Before the season even started, and then he was gone forever. And then what? They hit him from the Spurs team when they went over there to check on his injury in New York. He just played bitch the entire time. This is a lot more harsh than I typically get on to Kawhi Leonard, but this is finally my platform. Fuck Kawhi. Like, he is not being managed by... Professionals right, at all. Sean. I got to work no. tomorrow, buddy. Time, man. Yeah. Time. 40 seconds are up. Time. <laughs> Sean is clearly still in the anger phase. <laughs> I will always be in the anger phase. He is not being managed by proper people. Look at the All-Star game in New Orleans. His fucking team took him. Yes, take it away from me. God damn it. And time. Fantastic. <laughs> Austin, are you ready? Yes. Does everybody have their drinks ready? Yes. Excellent. Let's go, man. Three. Two, one, go. 
My Houston Astros, uh, the team that I've supported since literally before I can even remember. I've been an Astros fan since I was four years old, and apparently I was a fan before then. Uh, just lost in the ALCS. I am extremely upset. 162 games plus the three that we played in the divisional series, and that is the performance that you give me. Really, this is a classic example of cockiness over confidence based on the things that they said in between the divisional series and the championship series. I'm very disappointed, but I still love baseball. The only solace that I can take from this is that the NBA is finally back, baby. The most exciting sport in the world. The reason why this podcast was created to have great friends talking about a great sport with anywhere from great beer to Michelob Ultra. Hashtag, please sponsor us, Michelob Ultra. Well said. Jose, you ready? Sure. All right. Three, two, one, go. So I'm fully convinced that the Sacramento Kings are doing one of two things. They're either uh, building their entire team in honor of Sonic the Hedgehog, that being De'Aaron Fox, or that they're building a time machine in order to get all their players to be at their peak uh, hype hype fest or whatever you want to call them. Uh, when you look through their roster, it, like if, if you were a big NCAA fan, like, like their their performance through college, their performance through Euroleague, whatever you want to call it, uh, this is a roster of guys where just the names alone should stand out, and you would think that they're one of the best teams in the league. Willie Collie Stein was fantastic during his college years. Uh, Marvin Bagley, Yogi Ferrell, his season in Dallas. De'Aaron Fox was super hyped up. Harry Giles, we know in high school, was the number one player in the country. Buddy Heald, one player of the year. Uh, Frank Mason, one player of the year. Uh, Scala BCA was super hyped up. Zach Randolph smoked a sense of weed, and he was fantastic, fantastic in Memphis. A bag of weed. Literally, a backpack full Literally of one backpack, backpack of weed. Backpack. 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 Uh, he does a lot. You didn't get stopped. You had another, no, like, I, two minutes. I've, I've kept going for, like, an extra 30 seconds. You went for, like, 10 minutes. At least uh, it's not Drake and Rihanna. Ben McElmore and Mon Schumbert. My point is, like, this roster is full of guys that the names alone should be much better, but it's, like, the showcase of, like, it. it it's... It's like a circus of freaks. Like no, I love. That's actually a really good way to put it. It's like uh, fantasy basketball, just drafting the names that you know. It's not a circus of freaks. It's a kingdom of freaks. <laughs> I'm sorry if I offended you. Uh, Justin, can you can you give me a countdown? Yes, sir. All right, uh, Merriman, are you ready? Yep. Are you really ready? I am really ready. Okay. Uh, three, two, one, go. So I know when. Uh, Kawhi came into the Spurs organization. Everybody thought that he was going to be the next Tim Duncan. He was this. He was the Tim Duncan replacement. He was that type of player. But I really feel like that mentality was misconstrued. Yes, he's a quiet player. Yes, he is a defensive-minded player. But the thing that Tim Duncan did that Kawhi Linder was never able to do and never will be able to do is he came in and he demanded a locker room. He immediately demanded respect. The Admiral was there. And Tim Duncan took over immediately. Everyone knew. And the entire time, though we all knew he was the best player for the Spurs, I never got the feeling that he was the time. actual leader. All right. I love your ho- playing it for 40, Jose. I love it. Thank you. I hadn't seen the Kings that way. I thought they just made best. It was bad like as far as a fit decision, but I never saw it as like, you know, Past, uh, you know, best player in the country, Harry Giles, uh, people like, um, what's his name from Kansas, Frank Mason. That's that's basically what they are. Man. Austin's joining the kingdom. It's yeah, I mean Mason, no, not uh, in a good way. <laughs> Labissier, um, what's his name? Fucking 
Lipsia looked okay last season. Yeah, Justin, but, you close it out. But like for how hyped he was at one point. Going for you. Yes. Buddy healed. Do you have a timer or can someone time me? Yeah. Well, if you could keep if you could keep your own timer, just you know. Buddy healed. I got to read off my screen. Yeah, that's fine. But he uh, was on beach when the Pelicans took him. At six. Yeah. All right. Ready? Three. Three. Oh, two. One. I'm not keeping time. Go. I'm not keeping time. I, I can do it. God damn it. Mine's, mine's back. All right. All right. Ready? All right. Three, one. Two. One. Go. I'm breaking the cycle of the NBA Pelican 40s. We're going to talk about uh, top 10 facts about asparagus. One. <laughs> One, it takes three years from seed to harvest. That's fucking crazy. Are you kidding me? All for asparagus? All for something that tastes better wrapped in bacon? Second, everyone makes asparagus pee, but not everyone can smell it. All right? There's a scientific study that confirms this. Three, chickens can help farm asparagus. Are you kidding me? Chickens are in on the game? That's crazy. Four, China outdoes the world in asparagus production. That's obviously China's doing everything. Five, Oceana County, Michigan is the self-proclaimed asparagus capital of the world. If you're trying to travel somewhere this summer, you know, uh, or the winter, uh, trying to go to Oceanic County, Michigan. Six, white asparagus. Oh, fuck. Finish it off. I just got to white asparagus. I was going to say white asparagus. You know, it's it's kind of racist. There's white asparagus, but like, it's fine. Uh, White asparagus is not genetically induced in any way. Uh, Seven, white asparagus is one of the most labor-intensive vegetables to grow. (laughs) Eight, sea salt was the asparagus farmer's original herbicide. Uh, Nine, asparagus plants exhibit sexual differentiation. So they're very sexual. (laughs) <laughs> uh, 10, love asparagus is inspired an ancient Latin saying, uh, velocius quam asparagi, quan 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 quantar? I for sure would have bet the under on asparagus facts this episode. So. Those are just the top 10. Those are just top 10. Dude, this is the asparagus episode. We will never mention this again. <laughs> it's because we of you. You said that in the intro, and I was like, oh, asparagus facts. Sorry. It was a random comment. No, he just started going off on asparagus facts, and I thought this was normal. I'm a guest on here. I have no clue what's going on, so clearly doesn't listen to our episodes. This isn't. I, I thought it was like a couple it, came up. But I'm bringing us back to our else. roots. This is this is really par for the course. I it's mean, been kind of a serious. I was gonna say course. we've had uh, absentee fathers been a main. No, 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 no. I'm bringing. I'm on the record pro absentee father. Yes, apparently. Uh, also, bring us back to our roots. The soup and salad podcast that we started. Yeah, we oh, had a whole call. thing about yeah, soup, salad, call. and breadsticks. The soup, salad, the soup, salad, and breadsticks trilogy. Because life three is of our best episodes. I would say podcasts are a cycle or a circle of life. I do not endorse any of this shit, by the way. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> Whatever the hell is the, happening. The Bob Ross NBA. Oh, good T- stuff. Taking it way back to the throwbacks. Mm-hmm. Oh, if you want to go way back, uh, we, we used to do some Courage the Cowardly Dog, Remember this, uh, Return the Slab. Return the Slab. <laughs> that's that's some episode that. two bullshit right there. There you go. Uh, Austin, uh, can you give us a sign-off? Yeah, it's probably about time. Uh, thank you for listening, listeners. <laughs> Thank you for Thank doing you the verb. Okay, that's a little last point from Sean. But no, for real, all of our listeners, thank you so much for listening. It means a ton to us. Uh, and thank you, Sean, for joining us on the show today. It's been a pleasure. Please stay drunk and stay safe. Hey guys, what do y'all think of this podcast? Boo!